everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Stranger Things. Today we'll be covering the third episode from Season 3, titled Chapter 3, The Case of the Missing Lifeguard. I love these titles. Yeah, these are great titles this season. They, they've yeah. always had good titles, though, truthfully. They have, they have, and I really like this one. I mean, it's, it's fun because it, it, it's like... Um, like a murder mystery kind of it's thing. It's like, like a, a Nancy Drew novel. <laughs> Very good, Sean. <laughs> Very good. Oh, that was really good. Um, well, I'm really excited to talk about this one. I know as soon as this was like a quick episode. I remember the minute you and I were done recording last week, like I'm like, bye, Sean. Boom. Off I went and watched that one. And I swear it felt like it was only like 20 minutes. I thought, um, it, yeah, it flew by pretty it quick? quick. It's I mean, it, it's not really in my notes or anything like that, but one thing I've noticed, this is a short season, too. It's only eight episodes. We're going to be yeah. at the halfway mark next uh, next week. Yeah. And it's it it feels like it's just, it's not slow, but it feels like for the amount of episodes, we're going to have a pretty, like, exciting second half if they kind of keep at this pace. I feel like it's just going like, to kick into gear right away. Yeah, especially, like, with how this episode ended, which I know we're going to get into, but I feel like, okay, so this was episode three, the next one's four. The way that they left this one, I feel like now shit's really getting real. Um, and, you know, we're, we'll be at the halfway point, so we'll only have like a handful of more episodes. So that seems like it's got a pretty good like pace so far. This like we're, we've, we've had some good setups. We've got the story going. Now it's getting real. Um, and all of these things are going to start coming together and the story's coming out and unraveling and uh, so I'm super excited. I'm really excited to start with our top five this week. And I'll go ahead and get started with my number five. And that's The Day Without Girls. <gasps> this is my number five as well. <laughs> nice. Word for word. That's, Sean, I swear we share a brain some days. <laughs> um, well, that's fun. Well, then we'll, we can just talk about it then. So, um, you know, we'll finally grasps that opportunity. Opportunity was knocking. The girls broke up with the boys, right? And he's thinking, I'm seizing this opportunity and decides to have a day without girls and play D&D. He gets dressed up in everything. Will the wise. Will the wise, yep. He goes full on. He was so darn cute. You know, I loved seeing his, I don't know, is that a staff? Whatever that is, his wizard staff and his hat and his um, costume and all that was so great. Um, But I felt so bad because then it doesn't go quite as planned, right? The the guys are just kind of phoning it in. They're just kind of slumped over and just like, okay, whatever. Um, and, And Will, he sees it, but he's trying to keep it going. And the phone rings throws the drama right back into it. Um, of course, it's not the girls as, as uh, Mike and uh, Lucas had been hoping. And I felt so bad for him. Like, he really just kind of went off. And I don't blame him. Um, I mean, you, you, you see, I don't know, I see both sides. I really do. I see where the other fellas are coming from. You know, they're growing up. They have girlfriends. They have other interests. Uh, their friendship's not quite as strong as, you know, what it was, the whole group of them. Will's c- still kind of stuck, you know, uh, behind a little bit, still wanting to hang with his friends and do do that kind of stuff. I felt so terrible. And he he storms off, and Mike catches him outside, and he's telling him, 
you know, what did you think we were going to, you know, play, you know, Dungeons and Dragons in my basement for the rest of our lives? And he gets angry because Will calls or says, you know, stoop calls L stupid or not doesn't really call L stupid, but just says stupid girls. Um, and Mike's like, he he says to him, uh, I can't help it because you don't like girls, something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm kind of paraphrasing. And it, it it just hit me, and I don't know why it didn't before. I guess it just didn't occur to me. Do you think Will might be gay? I've seen a lot of, like, headlines kind of stating that. I feel like using that yeah. specific – like, there's been nothing – like, we haven't had any, you know, Will and them having conversations about it or not. I know it's, like, earlier in the season when he talked about not ever falling in love and things like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that could be the what they're alluding to. Um, again, like yeah. the headlines I've saw, like that, you know, I think the actor that plays Will is like, well, it's kind of up for interpretation at this point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like you going through, like, I feel it's kind of the point, like, this is a kid who's had his childhood stolen from him, too. Yes. You know, he's he's lost any kind of innocence. And I think playing Dungeons and Dragons and things like that is a way to keep that innocence. And, you know, when they're down there playing D&D, like, a lot of times whenever I play with friends, we're playing those tabletop RPGs. Like, if the GM is kind of boring, like, you kind of get, like, you start going to your phone, you start not wanting to play. But Will is an awesome yep. DM. Like, he had the interaction, he had the music, he yeah. had the, you know, the the voices. Like, he did great. Uh, he was so great. I, uh, I, I feel for the kid. And I was going back more just that, that loss of innocence that, you know, why did he want to keep playing D&D in the basement? Because it was a safe place. It's a safe place for him to go. And like what you're talking about, like this is the 80s, so I'm sure that, you know, they're, if let, let's go, let's say he is, he is gay. Let's say he's, um, you know, it's the 80s. It's not really, you know, to be, I, I, I don't know for sure. I'm just going off the historical yeah, things I've seen. 1986, there wasn't. I know Especially, you're too young. You weren't even born yet, or something. Were you? You ju- were. You I was were like little. just about to okay. pop out. But okay, I mean, so but I mean, it wasn't. A, I mean, that wasn't talked about a whole lot. I mean, I think there was a, a, a gay culture. I was pretty young, so I'm not going to say I know all about the gay culture in the '80s. But just kind of remembering what I do remember anyway there was but it wasn't really hinted at you didn't talk it wasn't as freely talked about today um and accepted as as you know it is today um like in the in in especially like the mid 80s so you know i feel like that's kind of a stigma you know um and of course even if it's not it's still kind of hard if you're especially at that age if you're not sure about your sexuality i mean everybody's kind of learning still about themselves your hormones are all over the place and you know well, Poor guy just wants to play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, just and at that play. age, you know, 12, 13. I remember because, I, I mean, I I mean, I, I like I've always liked girls and everything. Always like I had like little girlfriends here or there. But, you know, I was always taught kind of more like this is a really weird story, I guess. But like I was always taught like the more respectable thing. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to wait till I'm married and all this fun stuff. And <laughs> I remember being 12 or 13 and one of the guys in school was like, oh, yeah, he was in the bedroom with this girl and he touched her boobs. I'm like, well, that's not very respectful. And we walked Aww, away. look at you, Sean. I know, right? <laughs> but it's, it's, I was at kind of that age where I was like, well, I don't really, like, I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I feel like that's kind of where Will's at, too. He's like, I just, I just want to play with my friends. Like, I'm not, I'm not really ready for making out and all the, like, relationship stuff. Like, and again, I keep going back to the fact that you know, he was in the upside down for a while and he was freaked out from that. And when he comes out, he still has all these weird feelings from that mind flare thing. And so 
Like he just wants to feel safe. I mean, we're like we talked about before. We're only like nine months since he was, you know, right. Uh, uh, well, shit. What do you call it? Where you kind of like exercise? Yeah, yeah. Since he's been exercised, so he definitely is kind of in a spot where he's just wants to feel normal. And what feels less normal than when you're trying to figure out, okay, does Susie like me or not? Like that's a ton of stress back in the day. I remember that all the time. But that's true. Well, and granted, I've never been an, you know, 11, 12, 13 year old boy. Um, I was only a a girl at that age. So I only see it from a girl's perspective, but so I don't know what's going through a boy's mind. I I feel like all the boys at that age were kind of girl crazy. At least that's what I remember. Now, of course, I didn't. They didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about it. But they all seemed to, you know, be pretty down with kissing girls. I remember that that much anyway. But and I hate to even really go there. I, I don't want to just say, oh, well, Will's just gay. You know, it, I I have been on the same exact what you've been saying on that side of he's just emotionally stunted the poor kid his his you know last few years he's been suffering from like ptsd he's went through a horrifying traumatic um situation being kidnapped and and taken to the i mean he wasn't just kidnapped he was kidnapped and taken to some weird world you know and essentially had like that thing shoved down his throat and was in like a uh a comatose type of state uh and then last year being possessed by the mind flare and all of that that had happened to him that's a lot and it feels like when he should have been hanging out with his friends instead he's dealing with all of these things that no kid should ever have no adult much less child should have to deal with so i was i've been leaning on the fact that you know his kids his friends are kind of passing him up a little bit and he's still kind of stunted because of all of what he's been through and and like you said, that's a really good point that you had that, you know, the hanging with his friends and playing D&D in the basement's like their safe place. You see those flashbacks, remember? Oh, oh yeah. and God. Oh, that how, old. How young yeah. did they look in uh, those flashbacks? I mean, literally, it's been like three years, maybe two and a half years, it feels like. And it's just, yeah, yeah like that. Uh, I feel like the the uncle that like sees like their nephew like every other Christmas. It's like, oh my god, I remember when you were just like this tall. I know, and they grow like a foot from the last time mm. that you saw them, and their their voice starts to, to deepen. Like in this scene, in this episode especially, I really noticed Will's voice how much it's dropped. Yeah, and that the, was tough. The weird thing though is like I think uh, uh, Will maybe one of the, one of the kids like looks really awkward too now that they're they're a little bit older. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you always get that too. Like they're cute when they're kids and they get older. It's like, you just kind of look like a goober. Every, I feel like everyone, middle school years, freshman year, everybody just looks kind of goofy. Your, your body is growing disproportionate to itself. Like your legs are growing long or your arms are long, your head's too big or it's too small. Your, your facial features are all out of whack. Usually things end up working out on their own. You know, everything kind of catches up to itself, but nothing grows at an even pace, I feel when you're in that's, like those uh, twelve that's to fourteen such worse years time old. too, because you're like, it's oh terrible. my gosh, I, do you girls think I'm cute? Like, no, you have a small head. It's like, well, I mean, give well, it a and few then, like, years. Add braces and things like oh, that yeah. onto kids have like they're still wearing glasses. Maybe they haven't gotten contacts yet, and braces and things like that. That just makes things all the more awkward uh, when you're trying to um, you know be attractive to the opposite sex. But I. I, I still I'm, I'm just kind of on the fence about that. I just I, I had to think about because I feel like Will gave him a look when Mike's like, it's not my fault. You don't like girls. And 
the look that Will gives him, you know, was like, that's what struck me. And that I was like, well, oh my goodness, is Will maybe gay? Because remember, he's Will's been bullied. It, even before the Upside Down that's and true. stuff yeah. ever happened, Will's been bullied. I feel like the kids always teased and bullied him. And even his own dad. Now, I remember this. Even his own dad, I think, and I apologize for the word because it's an offensive word, but I'm just going to say it because it said in the show his dad called him a fag. Yeah, um, well, did was that his older brother that he called him that, or was it the was it Will? I thought it was Will, it could but be. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he said it about Jonathan. But either way, it's terrible to be saying oh, yeah, about yeah. anyone, much less your own child. Um, and that was, of course, it's an offensive word. Um, you shouldn't be calling anyone that, but nobody should be calling their children that for sure. So I thought, well, may, is that where that's coming from? That you know. So I don't know. It's, it's totally speculative. It just. That scene there, just that look that he gives him, and then Mike's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, it just came back to Mike that, oh, he got teased about it or something. But I'm still kind of also just wondering that he just he just wants to, like I said, catch up on some of those years he lost with his friends. It's a safe place. Because they kept showing those flashbacks of when they were, like, from season one when they were in the basement playing. And then last season when they were all dressing up as Ghostbusters for Halloween. Oh, you yeah, know, he yeah. just He just wants to hold on to that because, you know, that feels good. It feels safe to have those close friends with you. And it sucks. I mean, I Will is mood for me because I was that kid that, you know, was kind of, like, still wanting to – play this game or play that game with my friends and and they all start like, no, we don't like that anymore. We don't want to do that anymore. We're moved on to other things. And that core group that you had, they all kind of, kind of start splintering off, you know, like Dustin was splintered off doing his own thing. He brought that up to He's like, do you even know where Dustin's at? Do you even care? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's just, well, it's just a sucky part of growing up. And since we're still talking, I mean, like when you see him kind of run away to uh, Castle Byers oh. and you see him there and like you, I mean, that's kind of like where, you know, I think every kid that's kind of in that situation has that moment where it's like, okay, I guess, I guess I'm not a kid anymore. And you kind of are forced to grow up a little bit. Yeah. Not in like the bad, like emotional, because I mean, there are events that happen to kids, which are horrible where they have to grow up really quick, but that's kind of more of the progression of, well, I guess like these toys are no longer something I should be doing. Like I shouldn't be looking at comics or doing these other things. So it's not cool. It's not what kids do. It's what, you know, I'm, I'm not a kid anymore. I know. And it was it was emotional to see him like tearing down that uh, that castle buyers because it's again it's another safe place and even there he didn't feel safe. I know, and just it, like seeing him tear up the pictures, you know, the pictures of all of them dressed up as Ghostbusters, his drawing of him as Will the Wise tearing down castle buyers was like just completely trashing the last bit of his childhood. Like he's like, okay, then fine, this is what I have to do if I'm stupid for wanting to hang with my friends and play these games and living in the same world I've been living in. He's just going to completely destroy it. And that sucks. My heart broke for him so much. So I'm glad, I'm glad we we were on par with that. uh, Number five. So that's awesome. Did you have anything else you want to say? No, I think we touched quite a bit on that. Again, it's kind of very emotional. I think that's what they're doing really good with the seasons, mixing the horror and the emotion. So Noah Schnapp, who plays Will, God, that kid, I mean, they're all really great. These kid actors, we've raved about them every season, but man, Will, Noah Schnapp well, knocks it out of the park. We've we've talked about him in multiple seasons where he didn't really get much time to shine. Like, he had a few mm-hmm. episodes where he finally brought it out. I yeah. feel like he's a better actor than Finn Wolfhard. Like, I know Finn's got a lot oh. of the big stuff out there, but Noah Schnapp's, yeah. is it Noah Schnapp's, right? Yep. It's, it's Schnapp. Yeah, yep. like the drink. 
Like the Drake. Uh, <laughs> but he's, you know, I think he's got a lot of good skills. So I'm excited to kind of see what he gets he out does. of actually getting to showcase that. Yeah, because definitely season one, he was basically an upside down the entire time. We didn't hardly get much time with him. Season two, we finally got to see some of that come out. And we're like, wow, that kid is pretty great. And he's really shining uh, this season as well. And my, I mean, he's really making me feel deep uh, when he's on the screen. So good job, Noah Schnapp. I agree. Uh, he needs more roles. Finn Wolfhard is getting some big roles. We know he's in um, several things. He was in the new It a few years back. He's in the, the new one coming out this summer. Uh, and we know that like Millie Bobby Brown, who plays Eleven, has been in, has gotten some really big roles. Noah Schnapp needs his day, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Give People give that kid uh, his big role. He deserves it. Anyway, I'll jump into, since that was both of our number five, I'll go into my number four. This one's going to be kind of short because I, I don't quite know where it's going, but I want to talk a little bit about Angry Hopper. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. He, I'm a little concerned with where they're taking Hopper so far this season. I mean, I'm only on episode three, but he's been quite angry so far. Now, I think... The one episode when Mike was really disrespectful to him, I think Hopper was like um, legit. It was okay to be angry because I would have been pissed too. I don't. I don't believe in like kids disrespecting adults. I think you can be angry with an adult. You can disagree with an adult, but you have to be respectful in a manner. Uh, maybe that's just something. Maybe that's what was beaten into me as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Them eighties beatings. <laughs> Do not disrespect adults. Okay. Learn my lesson. Um, but you just don't talk to adults that way. And in this episode, he gets really mad at Joyce uh, when she shows up after she didn't show up for their dinner. And I just, I get where he could be maybe irritated with her. And, you know, and Hopper definitely does not seem to be the type that knows how to really express himself emotionally. I mean, Joyce had to help him with, like, he didn't even know what a heart-to-heart was, and and Joyce had to help him kind of come up with words to talk to Mike and Elle when he felt their relationship, you know, was going too far, too much kissing, and, you know, um, all of that stuff. So I feel like he's probably not one of those fellas that's really good at sharing their emotions and just talking about it. But I'm I'm just, I don't think I like it that much. I was really kind of concerned. I just don't think he should have been, you know, because he kept talking over Joyce. She kept saying, you're not listening to me. And, you know, he just kept going on and ranting and ranting and ranting. And it. And I'm just like, you know, I love Hopper. I do. No, no one ever has to question that. But I'm just kind of concerned where that's going this season. And, you know, then I kind of had a moment. I was watching it again earlier, just before we recorded. And it hit me that later on, you know, he finds out, or we find out, he knew. it, But it's brought up that Joyce... Uh, is planning on moving, mm-hmm. it sounds like. And then I thought, is that why he's mad? Because she hasn't talked to him about that. She hasn't come to him and said, hey, I don't feel safe here, or I don't like it here. I don't feel like my kids are safe here. I'm thinking about leaving. Like, she didn't come to him and talk to him about that at all. Like, he's done so many things to try to make sure that he that they're safe. Uh, and he talks about that when they're in the lab. Um, not that it legitimizes his anger and him going off on her, but maybe that's why he's angry and 
that she didn't come to him. What are your thoughts on that? So when I saw that, I feel like that was kind of an argument like my wife and I have had before. Like it's a very <laughs> like frustrated like because when he's like uh, he says, "Oh well, I'll, I'll meet you there at like let's say seven, unless something comes up, which it sure. will." And sure. his, he doesn't <laughs> have a door arguments. to slam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have a door to slam, so he slams his curtain. <laughs> but it's curtain. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. I feel like that's a very real argument. Like it's a very childish argument. Yeah. Um, I, di- I didn't get a sense that he was going to get violent with it, which is I've, no. I've seen some stuff like people talking about how they were and, and there might be something else later in the episodes that we haven't seen. But they've talked about how like he's kind of gone oh, like the Hopper character has gone to an extreme. So I don't know if it was this episode or the previous episode where he was talking with Elle and them or or mm-hmm. what. I know when he busted into their door or in Elle's room. Right. Like that was kind of an aggressive, but that was to me was like a like okay everything's going wrong and now these kids aren't listening to me kind of thing like yep. slams the door but I said three inches oh wait a second what's going on here yeah uh, but I mean it's is it immature was it a a petty argument yes um, but <laughs> I think I to me that feels like you know whenever you see like at times you sit back and you're like we just had a really silly argument like kids like we fought like two kids. And it just proves the fact that adults really aren't adults. They're just they're just big kids is all they are. Sometimes we can still be kind of petty and immature. Uh, I, I try to rise above that and try to have like a real discussion instead of getting, you know, saying childish things. Um, but even I'm not above that. I'm definitely <laughs> not perfect. But yeah, you're right. I can see that uh, because he, but you know, he did finally talk to her when they were at the lab, you know, he, and it's kind of like, well, I wish you could have done that before instead of just being so quick to anger and talking over her and not listening to her. Um, I just, I thought maybe it was just a little too much. Like he was like, it wasn't just a little too, he was just a little too angry for my taste. Oh, I agree with Just a little too much. And I think that's one of those things when like after he sat down and kind of realized what he had said and done is like, okay, that was kind of stupid. Like, I mean, and I I think everybody has those arguments at times with a significant other or, or really close friends. Like why? I mean, I just like multiple factors. I'm hungry. Like within his case, he was hungover. He was stood up. He knows about her moving. You know, he like, he probably wanted to tell her the fact that he's like, I think you're going to leave because you're scared to be happy kind of thing. And he finally let that out of the bag too. And, and this actually ties to my number four, which is hop and Joyce. Okay. Um, Let's talk. And so it's, it's just kind of, I mean, you've kind of said a lot of it already, but it's just, I feel like he's ready to move on. And I think that's kind of, you know, when she talked about going back to the lab, because Mm-hmm. You know, again, there's a little bit of jealousy stuff where she talked about going and seeing the teacher, and he's like, "Oh, I yep. bet he's really smart." Yada yada, like very childish things you would say, oh, like yeah, junior jealous. high stuff. Yeah, but to me, like she wanted to go back. She's like, you know, "I want to go back," and he was telling us, "Like you're just scared to move on." And to me, I think Hopper is scared he can't move on. Like yeah. he doesn't want to go back there because he doesn't want to dig something else up that they have to fight. I mean, they've had almost two years of this stuff. He's he's basically has a daughter now that he's trying to get past all this stuff. And, you know, he wants to get with Joyce and like start a relationship and move on from all this stuff. But with right. it with it happening, he's like, you know, here's another thing and I can't we can't get past this because there's another thing with this weird, crazy town of Hawkins and right. he's scared that he can't do that. And he's convinced that it can't be 
anything to do at Hawkins because he was there and saw them seal all of that up. Like he made that deal with them, you know, and, and he was there to see all of that. And he says, and when they're in the lab, you know, he's like, I've been watching, you know, I've been keeping a close eye. I've been doing everything I can to keep you and your family safe. So you feel safe and you know, that you want to keep this as your home. Um, so, and then he even talks about like he almost shot someone's dog because they came after yeah, him. He I thought mean, it was like a demi dog. So he's still dealing with it. It's very like you know? PTSD kind of stuff. I mean, definitely. You know, he's he can't get past it. I think he's trying really hard to get past it. But you know, Joyce keeps pulling him back in. Well, and <laughs> it, more, it's it's Hawkins cra- and the government and stuff. Like I think he's yeah. scared that you know he's going to find out that yeah no they haven't stopped. There is something else going on, and he's not going to be able to you know live a normal life like. I mean, he, that's what he's been searching for since his daughter died. Like, he wants a yeah. normal life again, and he's just not going to be able to give it. Yeah, and I think when he said the comment about moving on, I think it wasn't just everything that they've happened have had happened to them in Hawkins. I think it's also from his daughter. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's you know, a good I point. think that's a big part of it too. Is that he he wants to also move on from that and try to get past that, which is a good thing. It's not good to be stuck. I mean, it's okay to mourn and grieve. And allow yourself time for that. And everybody does that on their own timelines and everyone does that in their own way. But once you get to that point where you're like, okay, I've, you know, I feel like I'm ready now to move on and get on with life. And, you know, because the world does not stop turning and you have to, it's healthy. You have to move on somehow. You have to find a way to get past things, all the terrible things that have happened to you in your life and, and, and move on and do some, you know, make your life good again. Uh, so he he wants to do that so so badly, and all of these things keep coming up. And it seems like it prevents him from, like you said, moving on. So maybe that's some of the things that's making him so angry. But I, I hope I hope it it gets a little less <laughs> in the season because it's not where I want Hopper to go. It's what I, I don't want him to be angry the whole season. So that's really good. Those were some really good points. Do you have anything else you want to say about your number four? No, I think that ties up. I think I'm ready to hear awesome. what your number three is. My number three, I want to talk about Elle and Max's game. Um, they decide to spy on the boys and I love it. Yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> I know from a girl's perspective at 12, 13, 14 years old, if I could have done what they were doing, I would have been all over that shit. Like, what are those boys doing? <laughs> now, of exactly course, exactly what you see them burping and I farting was say, and being gross. And I would have been just as grossed out because, I mean, that had. Okay, Sean, you tell me, you were a 12, 13, 14 year old boy when you're hanging out with all your homies. Uh, is that what you guys are sitting around doing? Sitting there belching Doritos and, and Rima, farting? I'm, I'm 33, <laughs> and once a month I go back home and I game at a table with a bunch of guys, and we still do that. Okay, we, good to we know. Will, we will walk by, if, if, there's, if there's something we shouldn't be eating and we eat it, we will make sure to walk by somebody and. <laughs> Just, and, and, and belch in someone's face so they can like smell the. I, we don't rancid. do much of the the burping. I think, Not the I burping. Yeah, I think we're all in the, like burping to me is like the oh, you do that in my face. I'm gonna throw up probably. But okay. like farting is still funny, especially okay. if it's quiet. You just go. <laughs> you just like look at the person and wait for the reaction. You're like, yeah, you smell that now, don't you? <laughs> All right, good to know. So it's not just when you're um, young teenage boys. It continues I mean, on to no, yeah, I, we don't do that. That's what I meant okay. to say. Okay, of course. Of course <laughs> not. No, it's it's totally fine. Um, yeah, I know I know. mature guys are still doing that thing because, yeah, farting is funny. It is funny. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, so, when guys do it anyway. I, I, well, I, I, I'm of, not a farter. 
f- funny farting. So when I'm in bed with Tiffany, what oh, I like no. to do is I'll I'll fart under the covers, and do she you, gets mad. You, well, she'll get mad because under the I'll, covers. no, I don't put her head okay. under the covers. But like I'll lift the cover up, she gets mad. So now what I do is I'll kick my feet up so it wafts out the back and comes up the front. Oh, yeah. Sean, that's not good. And then that's, I sleep on the couch. Yeah, I was gonna say that's not. See, it's not good for you. She's done it. She's done it to me though. She probably won't be telling everybody on the internet, but she has done that to me too. Oh no, you're gonna have to edit that out. She's (laughs) she's gonna throw the smack down on you for for revealing that little tidbit. Yeah, that's not cool. Don't don't fluff. Don't fart under the covers and then fluff the fluff the covers in any direction. It's not good. Um. Yeah. All right. Moving on. So this game. (laughs) This game. So they, they they do their whole thing with spying on the boys, which was absolutely hilarious. I feel like that was completely accurate. You know, they're they're having their bitch session about the girls burping, farting. And it's funny when Elle, you know, because Max is like, well, what are they doing? And she just says, eating. Uh, totally accurate. Teenage boys, right? They eat like, you know, six, six men put together. Um, but then they decide to play this game and spy on Billy. Like they're, they're doing like a spy. I've never seen, it looks like a spin the bottle kind of thing, but they're just choosing who they're going to spy on and they land on Billy. And when Elle finds Billy, she sees what he's kind of been up to. She can't quite figure it out. And then he senses her there, which was kind of scary, right? When he, because he can actually like sense her there. He can kind of catch this little, like a wisp of her and she kind of disappears and gets really freaked out. That was super creepy and should have definitely been, and clearly was a red flag to Elle because that's when they're marching to Max Max's house to go see if Billy's there, what's going on, because she's like, he shouldn't have been able to see me. And then they go play detective and they find out what he's been up to. They find a whistle with blood on it. They find that lifeguard. I, I can't remember what the oh, fanny pack. That's what I was trying to think. I put on here pouch in my notes because I couldn't remember what the name for <laughs> fanny pack was. I was like, what the hell is that thing? It's a fanny pack. Duh. Um, then they end up tracking. They go to the pool. They track this girl down and end up finding her house. And damn it all, if Heather's dad, that missing lifeguard, her dad is the editor of the paper. Did you make that mm, connection? Yeah, okay. I was trying to figure out who he, he looked familiar, but I couldn't catch who he was. Yeah, he's like that editor, Nancy's boss, one of the, the head douchebag at the paper. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, oh, well, that's fitting. I'm not sad to see him get whacked on the head at all. But they're, Billy, and now he's got Heather, like, uh, body snatched. I don't know what the terminology for that is. And they drug up her parents and knock them out. I guess they're going to be dragged to wherever that mill or whatever that Billy was at. They're next. And Billy then kind of gets these flashbacks of Elle closing the gate because he was looking at her. He's like, well, and what's your name? Because he he remembers seeing her when she was spying on him. And then he ends up having these flashbacks. So he knows that she closed the gate. He knows now that she has like some power. So he knows something about her. Will now knows something because he got his little um, pricklies on the back of his neck were raised up when he was out there at Castle Byers. And he says he's back. I'm guessing... I'm guessing he means a mind flayer. I don't know, but when, when he says he's back. Um, and then we've got Billy and Heather doing their dirty deeds to American Pie of all songs. Mm. That's such a sacred song, man. And that was kind of creepy. There were some good creepy factors in this episode, right? What'd you think? 
I agree. I agree with definitely. There was a lot of creepiness going on in this episode. I, I kind of wonder, like, as I was watching this too, did you get the gist that the mind flare that I'm assuming the mind flare that's possessing Billy, uh, mm-hmm. was a little scared of L? I think, yeah, he, I think either scared or like, huh, what do we have here? You know, that can see, be able to spy on him however it is that she because i don't know what that place is that she goes to it's not the upside down but whatever that mind space that she goes it's the, to the waiting area for the upside oh, down totally that no. makes sense um so <laughs> you know thinking that somebody has the the capability to you know kind of find him and creep up on him and has powers um i think he's definitely she's at the top of his list of people to watch for and yeah, yeah he could be she could definitely throw a wrench in his body snatching plans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely creepy when L like when she saw that the Heather, the lifeguard oh, like, yeah, out of that pulled, tub. Yeah. And then when she gets pulled into the water and L and you know, L's like screaming, trying to reach for her. All that was some creepy shit. The, that was just creepy. And then of course the end, like I said, where they're, you know, just ever so casually, you know, gassing up her parents and whacking them with wine bottles all to the tune of American Pie. And I was like, oh man, nothing is sacred anymore. Yeah. Um, I will say like, I, like, I, it's not really Dutch ovening my wife, but I, I, <laughs> I do fart in the direction of my wife. At least I don't yell at her about her wine. So, <laughs> right. That's I true. don't just slow down on that wine, woman. God, what a dick. Yeah. This guy and is I, an ass. I, I feel like, I don't know, a lot of people will be like, well, that was just the 80s. No, it wasn't. That dude's an asshole. There were people I, in the 80s that respected women. Yeah, this guy does not respect women, no. which is terrible because he has a daughter himself. Yes. And to see how he treats Nancy, because even he got in on the whole Nancy Drew bullshit, yeah. you know, when she was in there telling them about what, you know, all that she had uncovered and found, you know, about Miss Driscoll and the rats and all these things that were missing and there's something going on and there's a story and, you know, it's bad enough you got, you know, uh, Boozy there. Uh, I guess his name's Bruce in the show. I need to look up his name on the show, but I know he's Gary, Gary Boozy's son because how can you not know that that's Gary Boozy's son? <laughs> Once you those say are the it, most. You, yeah, I can't not see <laughs> you that. You can't now. unsee it if you didn't already know, but those teeth are dominant, man. And <laughs> Genetics. But then, yeah, no kidding. Genes are strong in that one. Uh, but even, you know, and I don't know that guy's name, but Heather's dad there gets in on the Nancy Drew action and just shows how much of an asshole he is in total disrespect for women. Um, and yeah, how he treated his wife. I was like, "You're just a, you're just a douchebag." No, no other way around it. Which is really sad because he does have a daughter of his own. And would he want someone talking to his daughter that way? Um, I'm guessing probably not. But anyway, that is my number three. Uh, well, my number three ties in a little bit, but it's more about with uh, Will and when he you know he's tearing down Castle Byers and you see the pricklingness on his neck and he says he's still here. Yeah. So I, I, I find it interesting now, you know, kind of L, we have Mike, or I'm sorry, we have L and Will that both can sense this mind flare being out there. And so it's, I'm really, I'm really digging the horror body snatching elements we're seeing here. And I'm really excited to start seeing, I hope they don't play this whole, like, like, I think L knows something's not right. You know, Max knows yeah. something's not right. Will knows something's not right. I hope we don't spend the next four episodes having them like try to talk themselves into something not being right. You know, mm-hmm. Joyce and Hopper were just attacked yeah. by an assassin. 
you've got this stuff going on. You've got the crazy lady eating manure now. Like <laughs> all these people understand that Hawkins is not a safe place. And you know, when all this weird stuff is going on, it's like get the Scooby Gang together because there's a mystery to solve. Heck yeah, yeah. I I have a feeling though because they have had a pretty good pace. I think so far. I think that we just now need to get everyone together now. You know, Elle and Max are kind of alerted. And Max, we didn't get a whole... We got a little bit of a reaction from her when when they confronted Billy at Heather's house. But she didn't say too much. But she was really great at kind of improvising, trying not to give away too much of that, hey, we, we're, we're suspicious of you. We think you're up to some shit. Because yeah. she's got to know Billy better than all of them, clearly, of how much of a yeah. dick he is. And he's, he's acting very nice and just kind of very suave and strange and stuff. So she's got to be like, what the hell? is wrong with you that is you know you are not acting like yourself but of course i think she's just probably so smooth she's just not wanting to give it away because you know she's trying to keep l from giving away too much and she's like oh well we just wanted to make sure everything was okay you know like the whole does he know that we know that he knows that we know kind of scenario it really reminds me uh i i like stories like this because it's kind of you know like where both sides know what's going on, but they can't really come out and say because it'll blow the cover. And if like, you know, if the people that know the conspiracy come out and say the conspiracy, they'll think they're crazy and the other person will win. Whereas if the other person exposes themselves and they lose, it reminds me a lot. Did you ever hear, or did your kid ever read the Animorphs books? No, haven't heard of that. Um, I think it was Animorphs, but basically it was like these kids come up on these aliens and the alien uh, is dying and gives them powers to where they can turn into animals. And the thing they're fighting is like this slug that will infect people and take over their bodies kind of thing. Kind of like Ew. this. Yeah. But it's it's the, it's the very similar thing. Like, well, they know that they're animals and they know that they're slug people, but they can't really, like, expose them because of this big, you know, thing. But it just kind of – I just always kind of like those, like, you know, I know that you know that I know, but we can't do anything about it because – I can't let you know that I know that you know. Yeah, because <laughs> so. plot points. Right. I think they're I think they're going to do like I said I think I'm I'm happy with the pacing so far. I don't think they're going to waste too much time. I think now that so Joyce and Hopper were attacked by a crazy Russian at the lab. We have Robin and Steve and Dusty um discovering what they found there at the mall. The Russians. The Russians, which is one of my points coming up. And then we have Max and L and then we have Jonathan and Nancy. So everybody's kind of scattered. I feel like, and I haven't watched the next episode, but I'm hoping anyway, I should say, next episode, everybody's going to be finding their other, like they're going to go get their friends and they're going to come here and there and they're going to say, oh my gosh, you won't believe what's going on. And another person's going to come and go, oh my gosh, you won't believe what's going on. And they're all going to start putting those puzzle pieces together and then that, like I said, I think shit's getting ready to hit the fan that it's all going to start kind of coming together. I don't know that Hopper and Joyce just yet will bring in the kids, but they might, you know, because it feels like it's always kind of the adults doing their thing over here and then the kids are over here kind of doing their own thing. Maybe that'll be different this season, but I think everyone's getting ready to come together. They kind of have to at this point. They they need to kind of bring in the gang and kind of say, dude, this is what's going on and what are we going to do? So I have faith in that anyway. So but yeah, that's my number three is he's still here. Still so what do you here. have for your number two? My number two is short and sweet. I just want to talk a little bit about the girl right in front of you. And Uh. I love, I know, I love that Dustin is the one to like cut through Steve's bullshit and tell him like Robin is the perfect girl 
for him. And I mean, it makes total sense, you know, too, when you, you know, see how they kind of rib each other. She puts him in his place, keeps him humble, you know, um, lets him know he's not the big man on campus anymore, which I'm not saying you should like kill a guy's ego or anything, but just be like, dude, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're not the cool guy on the block anymore. You need to kind of, you know, come down a notch or two. Um, and I just love that it was Dustin that was talking to Steve about this. Cause I feel like Dustin would be the one to get through to Steve. I know he kind of blew him off, uh, here, but I think that it's going to start crumbling a little bit. And he's totally right. I mean, Steve's out of school now and he had a really good point. It's like dating someone, you know, that is popular or helps your status in school or your popularity status is so lame. You know, when you're, I mean, it's lame even when you're in school, but I get it. I know how I've been through high school, middle school, all of that. I get how that seems important in that moment. But when you graduate school, who gives a shit? <laughs> Nobody yeah. cares how well, popular I mean, you are. School, you- I mean, so let, let's go down Sean's sad path of tales. I've had numerous oh. girls when I was in high school <laughs> who were like, you know, Sean, if you were cooler, I'd probably date you. Or like, <gasps> I should date a guy like you. Shut it's up. Like, oh, did someone really say that yeah, to you? Oh, my God. Did. What's the, Give me their name and number because right, I'm going to go beat a bitch. Text it to you. I'm going to go beat a bitch. That's I mean, terrible. It's, 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 it's very the high school thing. It's like, well, I can't date this person because they're not cool. Or, you know, like people will be like, oh, why are you dating so-and-so? They're not cool. It's like, well, because I like them and they're nice and they make me feel good. Like that's that's what you that's want. kind of what you want. That's exactly what, what he tells him. He's like, that's so lame. You should – you know, be with it's about being with someone that you like being around, that you enjoy spending time together with that person, or they make you laugh, or you just enjoy being around that person in general. And and being with someone just because they're cool sucks. Like if you actually get that hot guy, and I'm just talking from a girl's perspective, get that cool guy or popular guy, you know, it could be either one a dick and a douche or not funny. Um and and just not fun to be around. Like you have no common interests, and then you're just like, God, is it even worth it being yeah. with this guy? Because I'm not having a good time at all. Is this really worth any kind of status in school? I hear what you're saying, Remy. Say go for the the not so hot dorky guy like me, Sean, and you'll be in good shape. <laughs> I'm telling you what I my advice to any young girl. If you don't already, things are a lot different now. I feel like there aren't. And, and maybe I'm totally disconnected from the way high school is. My kid is not in high school anymore. So, but I felt like it was kind of, even when she was in school, it was kind of getting away from this. Like there aren't quite the cliques anymore. I mean, we're talking about 1986 here. So there's the jocks and the popular kids. And it was like that when I was in school, I know. But by the, it felt like by the time my kid was in school, I feel like, you know, like being a nerd is cool. Like being yeah, a geek true. and a nerd yeah. is cool now. Back in in the early days, if you were a nerd and you were in band, if you were good in school, like you got really good grades and you were in all the really hard courses, um, those were things that you got made fun of, you know. And if you liked playing D&D or if you liked playing video games, like I was a total nerd. Um, I didn't wear it on my sleeve or anything, but I enjoyed all of those things. And I didn't date. I I had like no boyfriends in high school. I'm not kidding. Like nobody ever asked me out ever. And I was always hoping like I could date the cool guy because I thought, well, maybe then I'll be cool because nobody apparently likes me. Um, But, you know, I I, I just I I loved everything that Dustin said and totally agreed with that 100 percent. And when he tells him, he's like, you're an adult, like 
does that even matter anymore? Um, he's so, I love Dustin. He's so cute. He's like, you know, why are you holding yourself to a primitive construct? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> popularity. <laughs> he was so funny, but I love that because I have a feeling those two are eventually going to get together. And yeah. if, if, if he doesn't, then, then he's shame on Steve, him for sure. Yeah. Shame on him. Cause he's like, well, she's in band and she does. She's drama. still in high school. Oh yeah. That's just so lame. And oh, I think by the end of the season, those two are definitely going to hook up. Cause I, I want a good thing for Robin. I like Steve too, but I want good things for Robin. Cause she's my new, one of my new favorite characters. But anyway, yeah. that's the only thing I wanted to really talk about for my number two, unless you have other thoughts about, about that. Uh, my number two, it's it's kind of in the realm, but it's from Hawkins with Love, so like from Russia with Love kind of thing. Is Aww. they're they're getting to see like they've uncovered what's going on, and you know just to tie back to a little bit what you're saying, where you know he was saying like, oh, Robin's weird, yada yada yada. It's like, yeah, but your best friend is Dustin, who's like the epitome of weird. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's like, you, you guys went to science camp. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting that she broke the code. It is something in the mall and everything mm-hmm. pointing in the directions there that all fits. And they discover that there's some kind of weird delivery that's happening late at night. Uh, you know, we don't get to see what it is, but we know there's something there. So I'm, I think this will lead kind of into, but I like that we have these three different kind of storylines that are kind of converging together in one big mystery. I love that. Well, that's actually my number one is Robin the Codebreaker because I loved that whole scene. Oh, that was awesome. Where, you know, she's even like, she is so hardcore. She is listening to it on her headphones at work, still listening to that recording over and over again. I'm like, girl, I love you. This, <laughs> I feel like I could have been, I mean, I wasn't in band. Um, that's probably about the only thing, but I was felt like, I, and I didn't know like three languages or whatever. Um, but I felt like I was that big old nerd um, in school and kind of considered the weirdo. Um, but it was so cool to see, you know, when she runs out in the middle of the mall and she starts figuring that out, she's so smart and I just love her. And Steve better figure out, figure that out really quick. And if I had to guess, she's crushing on him already too. Like you said, we uh, had yeah, that yeah. scene of them outside where they got really scared because the the Russians kind of, you know, heard them up on the roof and, and they ducked down really quick and they were holding hands and it's like, Oh yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't like, I'm, I'm not a shipper, but I, I'm leaning on this one. That's for sure. But yeah, what the hell that's, that's kind of goes into it too. So they figure out there, there are Russians, man, they got freaking machine guns at the yeah, mall. It's, it's Come on, man. Stuff. It's that the is kind of odd. Like, why would they be like anybody walking down the streets? Like what's going on here? I know. I, and I mean, yeah, it was, you know, I guess mall was maybe closed. I don't know. It was really dark and clearly pouring ass rain uh but these dudes had freaking machine guns and yeah what the hell are in those boxes what is getting shipped and what's in that room there's boxes everywhere what the hell is going on um it's obviously a front for something but does it have anything to do with the lab is it something else i mean we know russians were in, we saw russians in the beginning um well in russia and they're trying to open the gate we've got a random Russian guy at the lab. What's going on at the lab? I mean, it looks pretty like nothing works, it seems, but the cameras were working. Uh, he was clearly watching some cameras. You can see the camera bleeping when Joyce and Hopper were walking down the halls, but it doesn't look like much works unless there's a secret room that maybe something was going on. So we got a Russian yeah. at the lab. Or if he was going there to maybe find leftover stuff. Like, I don't feel like the lab's 
active. Like I feel yeah. like that camera's there just for security. Exactly. So what it doesn't seem yeah, like you said, it doesn't seem functional. And and they've got the the, the door closed or sealed or whatever. So what could he be doing there? There's this whole mystery and I'm, I'm really anxious to find out what happens next. I, that's my whole number one is just basically a bunch of questions. We have a Russian here, Russians everywhere. Um, and, and at the mall, come on, it's a, it's a pure, pure eighties <laughs> joyous hangout. And you got freaking Russians with machine guns tainting uh, this, this lovely, awesome place. But anyway, it's my number one. I like it. My number one, uh, we've, we've I've already kind of touched on a little bit, but I feel like it's mine. Like we're we're building up to mind flare Billy versus L, oh, and in that I moment know. when he was looking out the window, I kind of felt like mind flare Billy was extremely scared and like because that's the thing that tried to lock him away in the upside down forever was L, and so I feel like this is a battle. And like you said, she's got the ability to spy on him whenever. I think he can kind of see that she's there. Yeah, he can sense it for sure. But it's definitely something that's going to be interesting to see here in the next few episodes. It's kind of short and sweet. We kind of already touched a little bit into it. But yeah. I really want to see that battle between Mind Flare Billy and L. I think that would be a really cool thing to see. God, I know he's a douche, but I kind of, I'm kind of feeling a little bit bad for him a little bit. Yeah, I feel like, uh, again, we talked, that. we talked about this in the last episode where the, the actor kind of got to show some range. I feel like he's getting to show more range in this one, too. Like, I really, really dig this guy's acting skills so far. I know he Dacre Montgomery is doing a really great job so far and I think better than you know well he wasn't given that much I don't think last season I mean just basically just constant douchebag moves uh, and and not a whole lot of scenes so we didn't really get to see much range out of him but I like what I see so far and it's not just because he was shirtless at the pool (laughs) that's for sure. Um, I like that. I'm really excited. Like I said, the minute, just like I do every week, the minute we're done here, man, I'm, I'm cutting you off and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching the next episode. It is so hard yeah. not to keep watching every time when that episode ends. Darn you, Netflix, next episode, five, four, yeah. three. And I'm like, no, 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 I, I can't. I gotta pause it. I have well, to stop. We've pounded through all of my notes, so what do, you, what do you have for some notes for this episode? We covered a lot of mine, too. So, oh, this is kind of from the previous episode, but it didn't hit me because until just a few days ago, um, I ended up watching Jaws the other day, and, which if you've never heard me say it before, I'll say it this time again, and I'll say it a hundred more times, too, so you'll get tired of it. Jaws is like my ultimate uh, favorite movie, like oh, I love probably Jaws. of all time. I mean, if it's on TV or if I see it on or if I just need something to watch, I will just sit and watch Jaws, and it never gets old. Yeah, it's My, a movie. I feel like I've only watched the beginning to end maybe once. I always catch it like in the oh, middle Sean. or right at the end. But I've seen. I mean, I've seen it all the way through. Probably like when you consider all the times when like, you put combined. pieces together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like actually sitting down, like oh, it just started to the end is like oh, very God. few and far between. So good. But anyway, I was watching Jaws, and there is a scene in the movie, and I'm going to spoil it. If you haven't seen Jaws, Jesus Christ, go freaking watch it, seriously, but I'm going to spoil it. There's a scene where Chief Brody is sitting at his uh, dining room table, and um, Matt Hooper is like saying, hey, we need to go cut open the shark. (laughs) Yeah, we got to go cut the shark open, and you know, the mayor told Chief Brody not to do it, and his wife is like, you know, are you sure that you can go do that? And he looks at her and he goes, I'm the chief of police. I can do whatever I want. And I was like, 
That's what Hopper said. That's the line nice. that Hopper said in the last that's, episode. And I'm that's like, what damn this it. Season three is going to be like an homage to, to Jaws. Watch. Yep. That's, yeah. But I thought that was pretty awesome because there's some really great 70s and 80s. It's not all 80s. There's a little bit of 70s stuff mixed up in there, too. So I saw that. Uh, I was just watching Jaws. And as I, and that was always one of my favorite scenes as well when they're at the at the dinner table and they're talking about that. And he just looks at her and he's like, I'm the chief of police. I can do whatever I want. And I was like, oh. Where Hop- that's where they got that line for <laughs> Hopper. And I just loved it. I mean, it just made me cheese, cheesy grin for like, just, I don't know how long, because I, like I said, I love Jaws, love Stranger Things, love Hopper. So I had to um, just throw that out there. I like whenever Steve and Dustin are chasing who they think is that blonde Russian guy around the mall, <laughs> yeah. and they think they get caught. Like he turns around, and they're like, "Uh, uh," and they try to find like a way to like, "Oh, we're not following you." And Dustin grabs a payphone, and yeah. he goes, "Hello, yes, I'm fine. How are you?" That's a total Han Solo throwback. Oh, there when you go. Yeah, yeah. Han was dressed as a stormtrooper, and they were hiding on. Uh-huh. What, were they on the Death Star? Or yeah, the, uh, they're on and, something. It's like ah, oh, weapon malfunction. Right I'm, when the stormtrooper calls in, and and Han Solo's like, uh, "Yes, I'm fine. How are you?" So that was to me it was like a total Star Wars um, throwback. Loved that. Loved the reference to Mom's Cosmo. Um, oh happy, happy yeah. Happy screams. Mm. I was worried that was going to get like in a very awkward conversation. And she's I'm like, so, well, I'll, I'll just, I'll just let you borrow mom's Cosmo. I'm so glad we didn't have a demonstration from a young Sadie yeah. Sink doing a happy scream. Thank you for that good decision for just saying, you know what? I'll just let you read my mom's Cosmo. And let me just say as a former 11, 12, 13 year old girl, I read my mother's Cosmo <laughs> and- <laughs> And I know exactly what she's talking about because I remember reading it with wide eyes going, oh, my God, <laughs> what? Um, so I just love that little throwback as well. Totally accurate. Um, we got another Bob flashback. Yeah, that was that was pretty tough. They, they made us relive it. They made I us thought, relive that scene. I think Hopper tough. kind of forgot a little bit, too, because I felt like he was kind of a little bit too jerky in that moment, but then I think he kind of realized like, oh yeah, I was like, that you was can, here. You can leave kind of thing. But yeah, I, and I like that they aren't just letting us forget about him. Bob was oh, a agree, great, yeah. great character. So I love that. I mean, I hate having to see his death scene again. That was, I was so, I remember crying so hard when that happened last season, but I like that they're still kind of making sure that we remember him. Um, so I really like that as well. And it's not in my notes, but I remember or just like from the absence of your notes, Sean, you didn't bring up the jazzercise scene at uh. all. Yeah. Are you just well, try, are you just trying to be a good boy this week? Yeah, are you trying to behave? Those 80s like thong <laughs> latex thing or uh jumper suits, <laughs> there's something about that. The 80s had a great like exercise videos and adult <laughs> films and there yeah, we'll just we'll leave it there. Yep. I'm and I, I was like, did they I remember going to the mall as a kid. I don't remember any jazzercise. Guys, let me know if you guys um I know it's remember a thing going to now, the, but yeah, I don't remember jazz. I know like they had like the, oh, what was the dude's like? Oh, like a pony. Uh, what was his name? Oh, Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. Yeah. Like he was a big thing in the eighties. But he didn't have classes there in the middle of the mall. That's true. I mean, you're just shopping and like, oh, I think I'll go over here to the Gap and, you know, check out some <laughs> cool clothes and you're walking by a jazzercise class. Was that a thing? 
I, I didn't have that in my mall. Of course, a, a much smaller mall. We didn't have an escalator either in the mall I went to as a kid. So it, much smaller. But anyway, I was like, I just, I've been waiting for you this whole time to talk about this jazzercise <laughs> scene and you kind of let me down a little bit. That's, that's okay. I understand you're trying to behave yourself. I respect <laughs> that. Anyway, great, great top five, great discussion, great notes. I love it. Can't wait to get to the next one. So no news this week, guys. You know, it's just not happening. Um, geez, there are freaking spoilers uh, everywhere. Yeah, even even when you're not looking, trying to look. Like, I can't even read my freaking news app. And, yeah. and you see a picture it looks like Stranger <laughs> Things, or you see the word Stranger <laughs> Things, or, I mean, honestly, just turn off the internet until you finish yeah. the show. It's terrible. Like, I'm just trying to read through my daily news, like, what's going on in the news today, and damn, if there isn't so much stuff out there, and people are being so careless about what they're putting in, in their headlines. It's like, if you want to have the articles, that's fine, but why do you have to put it in the damn headline? Yeah. So, I'm seeing way too much. Sorry for no news. I'm sure you guys don't miss it. But anyway... We do have at least our favorite part of the podcast, and that's letters from the upside down. It's our listener feedback portion. Yeah. So our first one comes from Franca, Franca, Maria, Franca. Mm-hmm. Franca. They the alternative between scary and funny. It's a great roller coaster ride. Indeed, it is. Wendy Ott Eppers says Hopper is hysterical. I love him in the role of protective, but lost in the sauce dad <laughs> of a teenager girl. <laughs> uh, Lindsay Slitch, uh, Dustin's love life talk with Steve was too cute. Dustin is wise beyond his years. Felt so bad for Will. Mike and Lucas have been, been been being crappy to him for a while, and this was extra awful. Poor kid. He should go find Dustin and hang out with him and Steve. Absolutely love that Robin cracked the code. Eleven and Max looking for Heather. Nancy chasing the story. Robin cracking the code. Girl power season. That final scene at Heather's house was beyond creepy. I cannot wait to find out where this is going. Oh, good point, Lindsay. I keep seeing that too. This this is a really great season where the girls are really shining. And you make a really good point there. I'm loving it. I love it when they um, have some good strong rules for uh, girls and young girls. And I love the young girls that are watching Stranger Things if they're old enough to be watching it and get to see these girls in these roles and be strong. So that's that's wonderful. Good point. Julie DeHaan says, Will is breaking my heart through this episode and really this season. You can tell so much how he is struggling with still feeling like a kid when all his friends are becoming teenagers. Just play some D&D with him, guys. And when he smashes up Castle Byers, so many tears. But I am loving the Dustin, Steve, Robin team that is forming. And when they are spying on the Jazzercise guy, hello, yes, I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> Cracking up little emojis is what she has on here. So I agree. I thought that was great. Gotta love Dustin for his little improvis- Im- improvisation there. Holly McMiller. So this was a great episode. I was sad when Will smashed Castle Byer. The whole teaming up of Dustin, Steve, and Robin still continues to be great. I was laughing out loud when they all thought the jazzercise guy was a baddie. <laughs> Bob Gill says, you can't spell America without Erica. <laughs> we did not mention Erica. That girl has oh, got man. some sass. Give her her little ice cream scoops. <laughs> Taking advantage of the, the ice cream policy. Doug Fix. So in 1985, Ralph Machado was 24 years old. So like, ew. Was he really that old? <laughs> you know what? I think he was. He was not, I'm pretty sure, like a teenager in Karate Kid. I think wow. he was just a little bit older. But yeah, 
Ew. However, uh, however, it was fun to see Elle spy on the boys. It was like a supernatural social media cyberstalk. <laughs> and yes, we burped and fart with great eagerness and glee. <laughs> when Elle sees Billy's car, his license plate reads PC-235, penal code for first degree murder. <gasps> Is it really? That's interesting. Uh, I sensed a commentary to today when the newsroom dick said, we will decide the real story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dustin and Steve uh, D., the new buddy movie franchise team. Move over, Tango and Cash. <laughs> Will is the whipping boy again, but in different a different way. He missed so much and is not ready to move on from being a kid. He is in a whole different upside down. Aww. I'm getting a sense that like L, he may use his power to save the day eventually. I'm hoping so. Joyce, not ready to move on with Hopper as well. Something is under them all. Robin, you rock. A great addition to our team. Love the scene splits with the kids in the mall hallway cutting to Hopper in the lab hallway and the motorcycle guy cutting to Elle and Max on the bike. Great Mm. style points there. Heather and Billy, the new demigorgon power couple. Do we call them Hilly or Bee Heath? Billy sees Elle's power and she is absolutely his target. Would love to see Will rise to power. By the way, Corey Hart will release a new album this year. No details on any supportive tour. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. Really great points, Doug. I didn't know that about his license plate. Damn, that's yeah, a hell that's of an Easter egg, yeah. isn't it? Good pickup, Doug. Thank you. Uh, moving on to some emails. So first one is, hi, Rima and Sean. I'm so happy to be listening again to your Stranger Things conversations. Thanks. We're happy you're back. Uh, some thoughts on the first three episodes. Even though Will isn't the center of the storyline this season, but he continues to break my heart, especially in episode three. Feeling like your friends are leaving you behind on top of understandably having PTSD is a nightmare in of itself uh, without this new terror to contend with. I know Mike has been acting like a complete shit these last few episodes, but it feels on point for a 14-year-old boy, especially one who has the confidence and self-centeredness of first love. I'm relieved that Mike and Lucas went to find Will at the end of the episode. Yeah, me too. Good for them. I'm really glad Elle and Max are now friends. They can both use a female friend. I love that Joyce jumps immediately to the conclusion that something is wrong in Hawkins. She may be paranoid and eccentric, but she's smart. I'm so glad they finally justified Billy's presence this season. By making him possessed by the Mind Flayer, he is an integral part of the plot instead of just serving as the biggest dick in Hawkins. (laughs) (laughs) Two things I've watched repeatedly. From the sounds of his room, probably more ways than one. Happy screams. I don't know. Um, two things I have watched repeatedly are Dustin and Steve's reunion and Robin's reaction. Also, Hopper's smugness and the return of Don't Mess With Jim. Sorry this was so long. I just love this show so much, Amy. Don't apologize, Amy. Those were all great points. Thank you so much. So our next email. So each group in our gang is uncovering a small piece of the puzzle. Nancy and Jonathan on the trail of the exploding rats. Hopper and Joyce running into the Soviet hitmen. Our scoops ahoy trio revealing the Russian mall cartel. <laughs> Max and Eleven hunting down the lifeguard and confronting Billy and Lucas and Mike finding out that from Will that they're back. Ooh. Now they just need to get together and compare notes. For the first time in this series, I am honestly worried for L. The way that mind flare Billy was staring her down has me thinking that despite her awesome superpowers, she's in serious trouble. I love Steve and, Rob, Steve and Robin holding hands while hiding on the roof. Steve, listen to Dustin and ignore those popular girls. Go for the quirky, brainy drama club chick. You won't regret it. And was it just me, or did the Jazzercise instructor guy look like 
Guy Pierce to anyone else. Cheers, Laura. It's yeah, oh. a good point. He looked familiar. Yeah, that might have been yeah. it. I, yeah, he definitely favored him. If you stuck a blonde wig on Guy Pierce, definitely. Yeah, I couldn't get. I just that guy. He was something else. That was great, Laura. Thank you so much. I knew um, to expect good things. Next email. Hey, guys. Noah Schnapp was robbed last year for his acting and in one scene completely stole the show as one of the stronger or strongest actors and deserves attention. His breakdown in Castle Byers brought me to tears. I think that Will is a sensitive person who may be struggling with more than last friendship. Sexual confusion or realization may be in the future for him. His raw pain is so heartbreaking, but I hope he ends up being the true hero of the series. Additionally, the actor playing Billy is killing it. His range is incredible. The scene with the parents was so much more creepy and menacing due to the silent acting. Max should have known something was up when he called her Maxine. I am fearful fearful for L. The monster seems to be holding a major grudge. Oh, that's true. Maybe he was like, hey, you're the one that tried to close or closed it up and you're the one I need to go after. But anyway, I already said that. Continuing on, I wonder why the Mind Flayer is not going after Will again. Don't get me wrong. Will needs a break and I don't think he'll be the focus this year, but considering how connected he is still uh, to it, you'd think it'd go both ways. I'm always waiting for Will to manifest some type of power or change due to his week in the Upside Down. Hmm, season four. Love listening and can't wait for the next podcast, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Hey guys, gotta say I'm loving this season of Stranger Things. This was another great episode and a lot of shit went down. And I just wanted to talk about a couple of characters. Eleven. I understand that she was raised in a very questionable environment and has been only been living with Hopper for a short time, but come on. By now, she should have an idea how wrong it is for her to use her powers to eavesdrop on her friends. She needs a semester or two at the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters <laughs> to learn some superpower <laughs> ethics. Oh, that's on true. the <laughs> On the flip side, I love the way Joyce is being portrayed this season. The first two seasons, she seemed almost insane. This was understandable. First, her son was missing, and then later he was possessed. This season, without her family in immediate danger, as far as she knows, she is much more grounded. She has encountered a mystery with the magnets, but without Will in danger, she isn't coming off frantic. She's just trying to figure out what is going on. Oh, and Rima, I hope Hopper's shower scene didn't ruin any fannies for you. Sent from the upside down. Oh, that was Des, by the way, my good friend Des, <laughs> our good friend Des. I forgot to add his name to that. Sorry, Des. Um, you know that shower Pops scene, rocking that dad bod. It didn't ruin anything for me. You know what? I like. <laughs> I, I I don't mind my guys a little beefy. <laughs> little cushion. I'm just, I'm, I'm just gonna leave it at that. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, next one is, Hey guys, I wasn't able to get feedback in time last week. So I just want to say, love the friendship of Max and 11. As for Mr. Clark, it seems like they should just go ahead and loop him in. He gives such great advice. Imagine how much he could help if he actually knew what was going on. As for this week, although the characters are split up into small groups, quite a bit gets accomplished. Some good. Will lets Mike and Lucas know that the Mind Flayer is back. Robin cracks the code and Max and Eleven start to find out what Billy is up to. Unfortunately, this means that the Mind Flayer now is aware of Eleven. Some random observations. Though he did apologize, Mike was pretty much the worst in this episode at first. Pretty crappy way to treat Will anyway. 
Nancy's work environment is awful, but she is not giving up on her story. I really like her this season. The Stepford family dinner with Billy, Heather, and her parents was right out of a David Lynch nightmare, and it was awesome. Joyce Byers is the best character on this show and every other show, and I want to be just like her when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for going on and on. Now on to episode four, Jenny. That was really great points. I think that they can't tell Mr. Clark because that would put him in danger. They can't loop him in because anybody that knows is in danger of whoever all of these people are that they're supposed to be keeping the secret for. But anyway, some really great points. And yeah, Joyce is pretty damn awesome. We're not a writer in general. She's pretty damn awesome. But anyway, thanks, Jenny. All right. So for our next email, it says, Hey, Rima and Sean, I found your podcast about a week ago after binging Stranger Things Season 3 within the first 24 hours of its release. Don't worry, this email contains no spoilers. Because I simply needed more. Since then, I've listened to all your Stranger Things episodes and I've quite enjoyed them, especially the insight you give me regarding the era and all the film references. I'm born in the early 90s myself and spent my childhood and teenage years watching Lord of the Rings on repeat. Not to mention I'm from a small town in Norway. So most, so mo- so most references in the show completely pass me by. We've got international, Rima. I think that's I'm, what I'm just going to say, we just went international, <laughs> Sean. Holy shit. However, something's been kind of gnawing in the back of my mind as I've binge listened to the podcast and it's just become the, that much more apparent in the last few episodes tackling the new season. Ever since I watched season one, episode one, when it came out and up until the episode you're currently at, I've believed Will to be gay and it almost strikes me as odd that you don't seem to have picked up on it. Uh, I won't say whether this inkling has stayed with me past season three, episode three, but I think it's fair to point out some of the hints we've been given. So Joyce described him as a sensitive kid and that her ex-husband used to call him the F word that you mentioned earlier. She also responds to Hopper's, well, is he? With he's, oh yeah, that's right. Hopper asked that. Oh, I forgot about that. That's right. Oh. Um, I remember that kind of cut with Hopper or that kind of put Hopper at a really kind of not very good starting point with us. Um. He's missing is what he is, is what she replied back to. So it's questions that's been left open. His creative and artistic side, choosing the colorful crowns over the Star Wars toys and that rainbow ship Joyce was proud of. Um, His hesitation and insecurity when the girl in season two, episode nine, asked if he liked to dance and the other boys having to convince him to accept. In fact, he's never shown any interest in girls whatsoever. His whole attitude so far in season three with romance being gross, thinking he'll never fall in love in a day free of girls. He's the youngest of two brothers with three straight best mates in a cast of eight regular male characters and a bunch of minority ones. Statistically, at least one wouldn't be straight. Sure, some of these are based almost too obviously on the stereotype of what a gay bloke's like, and lagging behind the rest of the gang uh, doesn't have to be a sign of anything, but Will's also a fictional character in a show that's very deliberate in the hints and clues it leaves. For the record... George R. R. Martin also used the Rainbow Guard to hint at Renly Baratheon's sexuality. It was never stated nor shown explicitly in the books. That being said, thank you so much for your podcast, and I'm definitely looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the rest of the season. Good luck sticking to the weekly schedule. All the best from Norway, Guard. Thanks, Guard, for Norway. Yeah, great insights. Really great insights. I love that. And, you know, I hadn't read, I've only read the first book in Game of Thrones, so I didn't realize that it was never really explicitly state, stated about Renly Baratheon. I just guess it was um, 
I guess, common knowledge. So like one of those just facts that you just don't talk about, but everybody knows about it. But yeah, all, all really great insight. Man, he really paid attention when he watched, huh? Because that's, I don't remember some of that stuff. That's really great. Thank you, guard. Norway. I want to go to Norway. It's all Vikings, right? I think so, yeah. Awesome. I love Vikings. Anyway. Well, I think we'll just have to ask Guard. We may have a place to stay. Yeah, yeah Guard, can I come stay with you if I come visit Norway? Because <laughs> I'm totally wanting to go down and, and, and on a, on one of the, uh, what do they call the boats? I know it's not a boat in Norway, but down a fjord. Is it a fjord in Norway? See, I know something. Anyway, thank you, Guard. Next email. Hello, Strange Indeed Podcast. I got to say, I liked the episode, but I have to say Will's attitude towards Eleven kind of surprised me. I mean, I'm not saying that they need to be the best of friends or anything, but she did save his life twice. I mean, did he even mention her in season two? Also, not surprised at the possible foreshadowing that was just dropped. I know that they've actually hinted at it before, but did they just hint at Will's sexuality? I mean, in real life or in fiction, that's not really any of my business, but that fight between Will and Mike really struck me more as Will simply not wanting things to change within his core group of friends. In my opinion, I feel like some of us have had that one friend who doesn't want things to change once the group gets bigger or interests change. Plus, we can't forget that Will was kidnapped and possessed, so he could probably just want back the time that he lost, trying to fight against growing up or the loss of innocence. Even I admit that I've kind of been in Will's shoes, but probably wasn't affected as much since most of my friends were my family members and I live in the city. The friends that I've known since pre-K and elementary school that I've hung out with practically faded into the background due to interest changing, changing school, or even moving. Chaos 13212. Oh, Thanks. you know what? I just that's had really a sad point. thought. Like, what's that? As they kind of like are fading out, like I wonder if that's what's going to happen, like in the end of Stranger Things. Oh god, like they're not going to be these lifelong friends; they're just kind of going to fade away from each other. <sighs> that reminds me of, and I won't say because um, some people may not have watched the show and maybe plan to, but this one show that I watched for many years, it was a group of friends, and the way that they ended the complete series, like these were all like really great best friends, and 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 through thick and thin, and they were always there for each other, and then in the finale, they all had broken apart, and it was like they never even knew each other. Like, they would just mm. pass each other on the street, just barely even looked in each other's direction, and it just broke my damn heart. I'm like, no! It's not <laughs> supposed to end that way. Um, and I, you bring up some really good points about Will's sexuality. I don't know if that's the direction that they're going. Like I said, it, that was that look that he gave him that just, it was almost like a slap in the face. And maybe it was because Will had been teased before and maybe that's, he was kind of taking that from Mike that now you're bullying me or now you're teasing yeah. me about it. Maybe it's, he's not. And that's fine. I, I don't care if Will is gay at all. I, I mean, I don't, it's it's a hard time to go through, of course, at that age. But um, so I don't know. And like I said, I'm kind of on the fence with either one. I think it could just be maybe he is, you know, wanting to, you know, gain back some of that lost time and just wanting to spend time with his friends and may not mean that at all. And I'm totally fine with that. Um, we are now moving on to some voicemails. We have three voicemails this week. That is awesome. First one that we have is from our good friend, Steve Brown. Sean and Rima, this is uh, for Stranger Things episode three, the case of the, the really long title. Um, this show does continue to get get great it, great episodes as we go on here. I know some of them, I heard you guys comment and I've heard other people say kind of worried that some episodes might might uh, be worse or whatever, and that hasn't happened yet. So I'm I'm really really excited about the rest of the series. 
um, this season. Loved Max and Elle using her power. And it, it was interesting. That's the first time they've done that. You think maybe they just haven't had sleepovers or something, or maybe because they were both with a guy at different times. This is the only time they both had had the, have dumped them that maybe they've never had that kind of girl bonding experience where they, they tried to use her power. Um, I love just like Hopper uh, going with Joyce to the lab. Jonathan goes with Nancy to the woman's house because he cares about her and uh, loved Robin figuring out the code and the way the whole thing spinning around her and everything was, was great. And, uh, you know, I don't mind the various plot points in these episodes because we can see how they all fit together as in the boys are looking for uh, the, the boys are looking for will the girls are looking for billy joyce and hopper are investigating the lab steve robin and dustin are investigating the mall and this code that they found and then finally jonathan and nancy are investigating this story that ties the whole that will end up i believe tying the whole thing together and then, of course, we, we end with uh, Don McLean's American Pie and seeing the mind flare, how he has affected Billy. So can't wait to watch the next episode and hear what you guys thought of this one. Talk to you later. Uh, great call as always, Steve. Love it. Thank you, Steve. Always great insight. You can always count on Steve for a good email or voicemail. Blah. Is it in the end of the night? Yes, it is. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, Steve, once again. So we, our next voicemail is from our good friend, Megan um, Diley Lehman. Sorry. Hi, Rima and Sean. It's Megan Lehman, and I am so excited that I am now synced up with you guys on Stranger Things. And... Uh, have some feedback on episode three just a couple things I noticed that were interesting or predictions that I have uh, my husband and I did like a major laugh out loud when Hopper busted through the door of the cabin with his like wine crew <laughs> with the little basket on the outside that he picked up off the table from the restaurant so good I mean, he was probably doing some serious drunken driving which is definitely not not cool um, but as you guys are good at pointing out especially Rima um, it they just do things certain things that like really would have happened in the 80s even if they weren't good we don't want to like glamorize them but um, yeah definitely I'm sure that was more common back then uh, also I kind of feel bad saying this but I sort of enjoyed Heather bashing her dad in the head <laughs> in the way she said daddy <laughs> um, he's kind of a prick so you know I mean that doesn't make it okay but like the possessed um people are kind of funny I think they're you know once they make their transformation and they're then they're at peace with it um, another thing not so funny is uh, when Will got really really upset and, you know smashed up his his house in the woods and and was like obviously like deeply disturbed and I I think you guys will probably already be talking about this but I was thinking an episode or two ago um, when everyone else was coupling up I thought like I wonder if they're gonna have Will end up being gay because like it would be unrealistic to not have a gay character, like just given the number of people on the show. And, um, you know, it's something that again was not so friendly in the eighties. So I kind of worry about, well, if that's the case, like it's going to be very hard for him, you know, living in that small town in the, in the eighties, if he is in fact 
um, gay and, and realizing that about himself at this age, which is probably a common age for that to happen. Um, so I'm worried about Will, but I, I hope they take it easier on him this season and maybe make it more of an internal struggle than the uh, like full-on possession or kidnapping that he's had every other season. But I do have a very bad feeling that one of the boys is going to die this season. Uh, again, I haven't watched ahead of you, so I don't know if that's true or not. But I, I feel like Mike maybe because he's just being oh, a jerk. Man. And like he'll come around at the end and then like he'll get sacrificed to save the group or something. I have a really awful mm. feeling like they, they can't all make it through. And now they've added more kids, like more teenage, more of the older teenagers. And then the girls have been added to this you know, the foursome, and I feel like as they expand the cast, something's going to happen. Somebody somebody else is going to give an yeah, yeah. and um, I hope it's just Billy that dies this season, because I think we all think it's <laughs> <laughs> I have a really bad feeling, and I feel like it's going to be Mike. So anyway, that's my feedback. Um, love the podcast, and we'll be watching and listening. Awesome. That was great feedback, Megan. Thank you so much. Really good points. Yeah, um, really good points. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do as well either. But yeah, the 80s and especially being in a small town and not a friendly place to come out. That's for sure. I mean, it's not even easy today where it is a little bit more acceptable, but people still really struggle. It's not just easy to come out even in today's time. So really good point there. Um, thank you for all of that. That was great. Love hearing from you. Glad you're synced up with us. Love it when people are synced up and they're sticking with us one yeah. one week by week. Gotta it's love a that, challenge. man. It's tough. It's a challenge. I, it's, we need to get like badges or something we can give out for the people that do that. That I can know. go week to week with us. We need, we need little um, stickers. Start handing out some stickers or something. Gold stars. You guys are awesome. Uh, so to bring it in for, with our feedback of the night, we have a voicemail from our lovely friend, Anwen Carper from New Zealand. Hi, Rima and Sean. It's Anwen here. Um, I am watching along week to week with you guys and absolutely loving it. I'm so excited every week to watch it with you guys and to hear what you have to say. Last week when they were in the mall, oh, it was hilarious. When Eleven tried on that shirt the white shirt with all the kind of brightly colored paint splatters on it I just about screamed and jumped off the couch because I had that exact shirt and I wore it with not the wide yellow belt but with a wide hot pink belt to my form one disco which is pretty much like I guess grade seven or eight anyway um this week I've been enjoying drunken comical hopper uh, (laughs) but by the last few minutes of that kind of scene I was starting to get over him and I thought I really hope he gets a bit more realistic soon and sure enough by the end of the episode he was, he got really sincere with Joyce and I love their character development between the two of them the length of a TV series means that you can just show this really well and I just think it's so beautifully presented I really love the horror theme that they've got going this season, it's so creepy and scary and I like the different direction they're going with, it's not real monsters but it's people that we know um, it's so much creepier when people that we know start turning a bit evil. It's kind of like the same way that zombies are creepy. When it's someone you know, it's so much scarier. And it must have made an impression on me because um, the night I watched it, <laughs> I dreamed this really strange dream that I was in a, a weird sort of hotel place somewhere and everyone was all creepy and weird and then our very own Derek O'Neill came and gave me a big hug and everything was all right. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty awesome, being rescued by um, Derek. 
Um, Derek, now you've become uh, my favourite Irishman and you have uh, supplanted <laughs> Bono. So there you go. Oh, I love Thanks that. Thanks guys. Love you both heaps and can't wait till next week. Bye. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I love that, that Anwen. Thank call. you yeah, so much. That's awesome. Anwen is great, as always. And then, of course, Derek is, um, of course, a mutual friend of ours as well. We all know each other from the Zed group um, that Jason uh, from Walking Dead cast and Podcastica um, has formed. So we all know each other. I remember when she shared that on the group, that was um, just hysterical. And and I love that. So and I feel like when, when that embrace happened in the dream, too, like it wasn't like some cheesy music that played. It was a Podcastica podcast in the background. There we go. That's great. I love that. And Anwen is also sticking with this week to week. I... Ah. Gosh, guys, it means so much that you guys do that because we trust us. We know how difficult it is. It's so hard not to just keep going. And we appreciate so much, you know, that you guys do that. And and I know so many folks as well have already binged it. Yeah, they're they've already watched it. And I've had a couple of folks comment like, hey, I've already binged it, but decided to go back and watch it week by week as a rewatch and then listen to you guys. I love that you guys are doing that. I hope that you stick with us throughout the end. I understand that. It, you want every podcast episode out like right now that you just, you know, you've binged it. You want to listen to the podcast and we appreciate and love that so much, but we really hope that you kind of stick with us throughout because I love the show so much. I don't want it to be over. I, as much as I want to watch every single episode, I'm also kind of thankful that we watch it, uh, you know, week by week that we do because then I get to make it last longer because it's going to be over soon yeah. well, and I, we have to I wait. Like when, if you binge it, I feel like you, you, can't digest it as well either so if you kind of take it in pieces you get a little bit more in-depth conversation and you know i love like i said everybody kind of going back through it and everybody who has seen it and goes back and rewatches it kind of gets a you know different perspective too so you just kind of get more out of the episodes which i just i love it and i love that you know everybody's coming back and rewatching it with us or everybody who's coming back and watching it week to week with us i love all the strange indeeders you guys are Awesome feedback this this week is the last couple of weeks. I know. Seeing lots of people listen to the episodes. Just absolutely love it. And I cannot thank you guys enough. I honest to God, I'm not shitting you. I have like goosebumps right now because I just I'm so feeling the love from all of our listeners. I appreciate you guys, every single one of you guys interacting on our page, sending feedback. Um, emailing with you guys. I love it. I love you guys. Really. Um, it, it means a lot to both Sean and I. So thank you guys so much for sticking with us. I appreciate your patience <laughs> doing the week to week. All right. So next week we'll be covering the fourth episode from season three titled chapter four, the sauna test. Oh so boy. the description of this episode is a code red brings the gang back together to face a frightening, familiar evil. Karen urges Nancy to keep digging and Robin finds a useful map. Oh, I cannot wait. That sounds really good. Um, well, we're really excited for you to travel to Hawkins, Indiana with us. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash StrangerTCast and on Instagram at Strange underscore Indeed underscore pod. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. Yes, like Legion Cast, uh, Jason and Aaron from Bald Move. Uh, the three of us are podcasting currently on Legion that airs on nice. FX. And oh my gosh. 
uh, I just can't even talk to you about how much I love that show. I mean, it is definitely up there with Stranger Things um, as far as like my favorite TV shows, especially that's on air at this moment. Guys, you should check it out and check us out. We're having a really great time um, taking a deep dive. It is the last season for Legion. If you're not into it, go out and watch it. I love it so much. Um, and of course, speaking of great podcasts, make sure to check out Sean in his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. Oh, yeah. And if you guys get the opportunity, we are coming down to the wire for the voting for the podcast awards. So go to podcastawards.com. Give Strange Indeed a vote for TV and film. If you feel a little frisky, go ahead and drop uh, a vote for Language of Bromance and the comedy. So what they're going to do is they get these votes from the listeners, and then if they, they take the top like five or ten, put them in the slate, and then there's a final round that is judged by real-life judges. So we would love to make the slate. This is our second or third year we've done this. So if you get a chance, go out, drop a vote. We really, really appreciate it. Please vote for us. Love me. <laughs> Pick me. Choose me. all right well that's our show episode 95 chapter 3 the case of the missing lifeguard until next time i'm rima and i'm sean and christina jones is strange indeed